0: This is Chad Roberts, and you're listening to Awaken to Grace. Today on Awaken to Grace, we are starting a new series called Church Words, and today we study the incredible word, amen. Some cultures say amen, or some say amin, but what a great universal biblical word amen is. Well, today we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. We're going to see that all of God's promises find their yes in Jesus Christ well if all of God's promises are true if all of God's promises are yes then what is the amen all of God's promises are yes and amen well the amen is the accomplishment of those promises so when you and I use words like amen we are saying God accomplish your promises in my life, and in my family. Well, I hope you enjoy today's broadcast of Awaken to Grace as your faith continues to grow along with mine. So often we use words in Christianity, but do we really understand The meaning behind what we are saying. We read words in the Bible, but do we really grasp the full weight, the full impact? Do we feel the the weightiness of what the word means? Because God has designed, God has built humanity for communication, for language. And you know that doesn't change when we go to heaven. We're still going to communicate in a wonderful way in heaven. We've talked so much about Pastor Phil today. And you know when I talk about my own beloved father who passed away. And now I talk about Phil who has passed away. You know I'm careful not to use the word was. Because you realize that just because we pass does not mean that we cease to exist. Phil right now is more alive than we are. And so when we use words like, I just heard, glory to God, hallelujah, amen. Well, I want to know what the meaning of those words are. Because not only are we saying it on this side of heaven, but friends, we're going to be saying it for all eternity on the right side of heaven, amen. And I want to know what they mean. I want to feel the gravity of it. I want to feel the weightiness of it. And that's my goal in this short series called Church Words. And so today we're going to talk about the word amen. So go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. You know, this chapter is interesting. Paul wrote 1 Corinthians to the people, to the church, to the believers at Corinth. And it was a difficult letter. You know, this was a Gentile church church. It's in a very pagan age, and Paul had a lot of hard things to say to this church. And now he's going to follow his first letter up with his second letter. And things had changed between his first letter and second letter. He indicates in verse 17 of chapter 1 that the people of the church were upset with him because his plans had changed. Paul had planned to visit the church on his way uh, to and from Macedonia, but things had changed. And now, the enemies of Paul and enemies of the cross were coming and telling the people, well, Paul doesn't love you, Paul isn't supportive of you, and he doesn't care for you because he broke his word and he didn't come. You know, how many of you know plans change, don't they? If anything, 2020 has taught us, It is that plans change, right? I am so eager for the calendar to turn to 2021. Are you? (laughs) It's been a difficult and a tough year for everyone. Well, plans do change. And perhaps you've been in a situation that Paul finds himself in to where people are accusing you that you're not a person of your word or you know, maybe something happened that someone felt like you betrayed them or that you let them down or that you didn't fulfill your word to them or that you misled them, but you know in your heart that was not your motive. That's where Paul is in chapter 1. Paul did not mislead these people. He did not deceive them. This was beyond his control. And Paul is going to defend himself. You know, it's not. You know, sometimes you have to speak the truth in love, don't you? And it's not wrong sometimes to defend yourself and say, listen, you misunderstand. This is my intention. And so what Paul does that I appreciate so much is he's going to take the people's eyes off of him. Because let me tell you, people will disappoint you, won't they? You stay in this church long enough, we'll we'll disappoint you. We'll let you down. You hang around me long enough, oh, I promise you, it is a guarantee. I will let you down. I will disappoint you. But what Paul does is take our eyes off of people and he puts our eyes squarely on Jesus. (laughs) And that's one reason I love this passage so much. So if you note with me in verse 17 of chapter 1, he talks about how his plans had changed. He intended to visit them. He was unable to. It was beyond his control. Then in verse 18, he tells them, but as surely as God is faithful... Our word to you is not yes and no. In other words, he's saying we're not flippant men. We're not deceptive men. We don't say one thing but do another. There is no deceiving in what we are doing or what we are saying. See, Paul knew the attack that was being done on him personally was ultimately an attack on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul is setting the record straight. And then notice what he says. I love verse, uh, where am I at? Verse 19. Notice what Paul is going to say. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ. That's the full title for Christ here. Paul's not messing around. (laughs) For the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And notice what he says. Him we proclaim to you. I love that phrase. I've been thinking of that this week, knowing that our special guests, Mark and Mona, were going to join us. I've been thinking about this week how, how they are walking away from the American dream. They are leaving the comforts of the American lifestyle. They are leaving the luxuries of home, and they are going to a land. They are going to a difficult place to proclaim Jesus Christ. Friends, do you realize that all of us in this room today, everyone watching online today, if we are blood-bought by Jesus Christ, that ought to be the business, that ought to be the interest of every single believer to proclaim Jesus with our lives. And if you will pay attention, there will be opportunity after opportunity for you to proclaim Christ. For you to proclaim Christ to your own family, to your most immediate family. For you to proclaim Christ to your co-workers. For you to proclaim Christ
1: to your neighbors. For you to proclaim Christ for crying out loud on social media. Come on. How many of us right now, we're proclaiming more politics than we are Jesus. And scripture is very clear. Jesus said, if he is lifted up, if we
0: uplift Jesus, he will draw all men to himself. Amen. It doesn't say uplift your church, does it? It doesn't say uplift your pastor. It doesn't say uplift your favorite way of music. It doesn't say uplift preaching. It doesn't say uplift your interest or uplift politics or uplift your favorite sports team. It says uplift Jesus and he will draw all men to himself. Are we faithful in that? Can you say that your life proclaims Jesus? Oh, I want my life to proclaim him. I heard a pastor say some years ago that as believers, everything we touch should be blood-stained. That means that Christ ought to be at the forefront of your entire life. Him we proclaim. Can you say that? Because friends, you have the greatest opportunity. God may not send you to Africa as he is our guest today. God may not send you to Asia. God may not send you to foreign lands.
1: But let me tell you something, okay? People who love the gospel, they share it. Whether that's overseas
0: or across the street. People who love the gospel,
1: give it to others. Is your life today proclaiming Jesus? Now, he says,
0: Sylvanius and Timothy and I, are uh, we were not yes and no. In other words, we were not flippant, verse 19. But in him, in Christ, it is always yes. Now he's going to put their eyes on Jesus. Look at verse 20. For all of God's promises are yes in him. Oh. <laughs> All of God's promises are yes in Him. And this is why we utter our Amen to the glory of God. What a scripture. Let's unfold it, let's unpack it for a moment. If you're going to take notes, I want you to write down two things very quickly. I want you to note number one, Jesus is God's yes. Jesus is God's yes. Every single promise of God is revealed, is fulfilled, and is enabled through Jesus Christ. Every single promise. Number two, I want you to write this down. Jesus is our amen. He is God's yes, and he is our amen. Jesus is faithful. Now, the, now uh, the, the promises of God. Now, I, I, I want you to think about this for just a moment. The promises of God. Peter calls it in 2 Peter 1.4. He says, God's promises are very great and very precious. They are the great and very precious promises of God. And each and every one of them are fulfilled in Jesus. Do you know how many promises are in the Bible? Scholars tell us that there are some 7,000 promises
1: in the Word of God. Mark read it earlier out of Genesis. Abraham was given a promise.
0: Abraham was given one promise. You and I have 7,000. Abraham was given one promise of God. And he believed God and he acted upon that belief. Friends, what should you and I believe for being given 7,000 promises out of the word of God? If Abraham believed and acted out of one promise, how much more so with you and I having the Holy Spirit indwelling us, having the Word of God uh, being spoken into us and the richness of the Word of God, how much more so should you and I believe God? There ought not to be lack of faith in any of us today. Do you realize that? Abraham had one promise and he believed. What could you believe for with 7,000? He believed the promise of God. You and I ought more so to believe it because of Jesus Christ. All of God's promises are yes in Jesus. Every one of them. And while the promise of God is yes in Jesus, that's why we pray with such confidence. Now notice it does not say, brothers and sisters, that every prayer is yes in Jesus. Do you notice that? As a parent, do we say yes to everything for our children? Your children will grow up so juvenile if you say yes to every single thing they want. No, as parents, how often
1: do we say no? We say no a lot, right? It's not wrong for God to say no. It's not wrong for God to say wait. How many of your children you say wait to? Wait. But listen to what God says yes to. God says yes, not to every
0: prayer. God says yes to all of his promises. And why is that so important, church? The reason that is so important is because what the Bible teaches us is if we pray anything according to the will of God, we know that He hears us. That's why we must be so careful that we don't pray selfish prayers. That's why we need to be careful that we don't pray carnal prayers. We don't pray prayers that only create more comfort for us. And and easiness for us. And things that make our life better. No. God will not say yes to every single prayer. I feel in my heart that either you're here today or you're listening online. But I feel as though I'm preaching to somebody today. That you are so disappointed in God. Because you have prayed so passionately so fervently for
1: something and you believed with all your heart but God did not say yes and it's left you reeling and it's left your faith shaken it's created doubt in your heart and you don't understand and you don't know why
0: if God is faithful if God is true if God truly answers prayer then why did
1: he not answer your
0: prayer Friends, I want to minister
1: to you today. God does not say yes to every prayer. We prayed so passionately, so
0: fervently for Pastor Phil to be healed in this life. We wanted
1: him to walk out of that hospital room, didn't we? And we prayed for that. And we asked God for that. But see, God doesn't
0: answer every prayer, God says yes. To every promise. And do you know what God promised Pastor Phil? Eternal life. You know what God promised Pastor Phil? That I've prepared a place for you. You know what God has promised Pastor Phil? That he'll wipe away every tear out of his eyes. And that they'll know he'll never suffer sickness again. His body will never be broken again with sin or sickness. He'll never suffer sorrow again. And what you and I must do by faith is we must look past this life and we must look past our trials. We must look past our comforts and we must look squarely to the promises of God and realize the promises of God are yes in Jesus. And you know what that causes me to do? To not pray selfish prayers, whiny
1: prayers,
0: self-absorbed prayers. No, I don't want to focus on my needs. I want to focus on God's promises. Many of you know I'm asking the Lord for my eyesight, right? It would thrill me for God to heal my eyes. But let me tell you, let me tell you a secret. I'm thrilled in blindness. And what I'm learning is whether I have eyesight, whether I don't have eyesight, my joy is so anchored
1: in Jesus, it ultimately doesn't matter. So has God promised me eyesight? No.
0: God has promised me sufficient grace. Amen? And now I'm to the point where I'm saying, well, Lord,
1: it really doesn't matter at this point. See, I found contentment either way. Either way. Our yes to every promise of God is in jesus now next our
0: amen is in jesus christ is god's yes christ is our amen so so i want you to think of this the word amen is actually not a greek word you know i'd love to share with you greek words and even though this is in the New Testament, it is not a Greek word. It is actually an ancient Hebrew word. And it was transliterated into Greek, transliterated into Latin and then English and all other languages. I often do, many of you know, I do crusades once a month in Pakistan through Skype. The team there will go into... Rural areas and village areas, they'll gather many people, they'll set up large screens and sound system, they will sing and pray for people and pray healing over people. Oh, how many people we've seen healed, it is unbelievable. While I'm believing God for my eyesight, let me tell you, God has opened many blind eyes through these crusades, and I say glory to God for it, amen? You know, sometimes healing is a process, isn't it? And that's where I am. I'm just in the, I'm in the refiner's fire, that beautiful process. But we've seen many blind eyes open, deaf ears open, and many, many, many salvations. My last crusade for September was last Monday, the 7th. And I'll get on Skype and I will preach, I'll proclaim Jesus to these precious people of Pakistan. And we'll see salvation after salvation. Well, when I pray with them, I often use the word amen. There they say amin. Here in our corner of Tennessee, we say amen. Some say amen. But over there, they say amin. What a beautiful word. The word is transliterated out of Hebrew, and it first appears in Numbers chapter five, and it's recorded nearly 80 more times through the rest of the Bible. And do you realize it's the last word of the entire Bible? Revelation twenty two twenty one, 21, Behold, I come quickly, even so come quickly, Lord. Amen. Grace and peace to you. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful word. This is literally what it means if you want to take notes of this. The word amen literally means truth. It means truth affirmed. It means so be it. If you use the word as an interjection, it means let it be so or so be it. If you use the word as an adverb, it means truly, truly, or verily, verily. You remember how Jesus began many of his statements in the Gospels? Truly, truly, I say to you. Verily, verily, I say to you. In the original language, he's saying, amen, amen, I say to you. It means let it be so. So be it. And what happens is when you and I utter our amen, <laughs> It literally means that we are receiving truth for our life. We are affirming truth in our life. So like when a preacher like me says something powerful from God's word, our, 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 our instinct is to go, amen. Why do we do that? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why do we do that? Because what we are doing is we are affirming what we have heard, we have received, and we affirm that truth. And we're saying, let that truth be so in Jesus' name. What a beautiful thing. Now, I'm the kind of preacher, I love it when people amen me. Amen? (laughs) I preached for another church last Sunday, and I'm telling you, they got rowdy. And I enjoyed every minute of it. And you guys get rowdy a lot. And I enjoy I like it when you when Billy Graham said saying amen to a preacher is like saying sick them to a dog, right? I mean it just it gets things going. And I love it when you amen. I love it. But let let me tell you what I really love about this scripture. What this shows us when we utter our amen to the glory of God. Let me tell you, the amen is not for me. The amen is not for the preacher. What the amen is to is to the glory of God. And so when truth comes to you, whether you read the word of God or whether you hear preaching or whether it's something in a song and you say, amen, you know what you're doing? You're receiving and you're affirming that truth into your soul. And the Bible calls that glorifying God. So this week, you may be in your quiet time. You may be having a devotion time in the morning. You may read a certain scripture. And in your soul, it causes you to say, Amen. Oh, do you realize what you've just done? You've just glorified God by affirming and receiving that truth into your soul. What a beautiful thing. I love to say amen. I say it all the time. I had a telemarketer call me not long ago and say something to me, and I even said amen on the phone. I thought, what <laughs> I don't know what I've done. <laughs> but see, I talk to God all day long,
1: and I love to say amen.
0: You know why? Because it glorifies God. So don't hold back. Don't be shy with the Lord. When something blesses you when something speaks into your life, you utter that precious "Amen" to God. Because let me tell you, Jesus is God's yes, but Jesus is our Amen. Take note of this: If the yes is the certainty of God's promise, and how many of us need certainty? and this year of uncertainty, right? Things are as flipped up on its head as it's ever been, right? There's as much unpredictability right now today as ever before. There's so much uncertainty more than what's ever been within our lifetime. And if anybody ever needs certainty, it's us right now today. And let me tell you what's certain. The promises of God, they are yes. Now, If God's promises are certain, if indeed they are yes and it is a certainty, then what's the amen? Then the amen is the accomplishment of those promises. And so what I do is I read the promises of God and I say, oh God, I receive your promises. I receive your word. I receive all that you have for me. I affirm this truth. I receive this truth. I glory in God in this truth. And now what what the amen is, is now I'm saying, God, accomplish your truth in me. Accomplish your promises in me. Let the promises of God be fulfilled in my life. Do you see that? And that's why when you utter that amen to God, you're saying, oh God, accomplish all that you have for me. Accomplish it in Jesus' name. Isn't that a
1: precious thing? And let me tell you why God will accomplish it go to revelation 3:14 for a moment.
0: Revelation 3:14. Now we covered the scripture this summer in the seven churches of Revelation. But I want to touch on it right here because I want to show you why God's promises will be fulfilled. And let me tell you, now let me just let me tell you. I don't waver. In God's promises, even when it seems as though I saw something different. For example, I'm believing God for the healing of my eyes. Now, has God promised healing in His Word? Absolutely. It is found throughout all of the Bible. All of it. Not a scripture, not a portion, not a section. In all of scripture, God teaches healing. Now, should I not believe in healing only because I have not experienced it yet? Oh, friends, the key word is yet. And see, I, I was so frustrated before. Not, and when I say frustrated, what I mean is I prayed out of panic. I prayed out of frustration. Oh God, will you, oh God, will you please touch my eyes? Oh God, will you please help me? Oh God, oh God, help me, help me, help me. Heal my eyes, Lord. Please heal my eyes. Oh God, please heal my
1: eyes. I was already blind in my left eye. And I remember one night. My
0: eye doctor said, Chad, you're you're, you're about 60% of a chance of going blind
1: in your right eye. And I remember one night, I was downstairs, Sadie and the kids were already in bed.
0: And a giant blood vessel burst behind my eye. You could have never seen it on the front. You would never known it. But a streak of black went through my vision. I immediately,
1: I had a white t-shirt on, and it was immediately drenched with sweat. I panicked. I panicked. I hit my knees. Oh, God, please. 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 But let me tell you what God has given me through this experience.
0: And if God opened my eyes tonight, or if God chooses whenever, let me tell you the gain that I have been given. Let me tell you what is so precious to me that no amount of money could have ever done. That that you could never give me a gift sweeter than this. Where I have come to my life is God. I am content either way. I'm happy either way. I'm joyful either way. I'm productive either way. I'm glorifying Jesus either way. I'm walking with God either way. I'm preaching with power either way. It doesn't matter at this point.
1: All of my joy is in Jesus. So now that I'm at this place where, well, is God going to? See, a year ago, I was, I was not
0: only, yes, God's going to, I was in the back of my mind, in the back of my heart, and oh, he better hurry. See, I'm not at that place anymore. I'm at that place where if God gives me eyes, I need his grace, and if God has me in blindness, I need his grace. It doesn't matter, I need God's grace either way. And His grace is rich, and His grace is full, and His grace is sufficient either way. Amen. Amen. Let it be so. Amen. So, what I see or what I experience, that doesn't change the truth of God's Word. Just because God has not healed my physical sight right now, does not mean That healing is not a promise of God. It is. It is. So don't be swayed. By what you see. Or what you don't see. What you feel. Or what you don't feel. Let me tell you why the promises of God are yes. Now again. That's different than the way we pray. Is that right or wrong? It's different. I'm not talking about what you pray. I'm talking about the promises of God. So. Let me show you why they are so valuable and why they are fulfilled. They're valuable because God has many great and precious promises. But they're fulfilled. They are accomplished. They are amen because of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 3 verse 14. Notice what Jesus says. To the angel of the church of Laodicea. Write. Whew, boy I feel like I'm back in July. That brings flashbacks. <laughs> Do you know how many times I memorized that <clears throat> to the angel of the church of Laodicea, right? The words of the amen. The faithful witness. Hallelujah. Do you realize that Jesus himself is our amen. Jesus himself is the fulfillment of all of God's promises. And what I want you to know is not only does God make the promise, but he has the character to back it up because it is Jesus. See, I could make you a promise today, but that doesn't mean I can back it up. If I promised you, you come see me after church and I'll give you a penny. Well, how would that make you feel? Most of you would not even bother to hang out, would you? Because it's a penny. It'd be pretty worthless, wouldn't it? If I said, anyone who comes and sees me, I have got a penny re- ready with your name on it. Well, you would go, uh, yeah, we're going to lunch. It's not very valuable, is it? But see, 2 Peter 1.4 calls the promises of God, as we already said, great. And very precious. Now, if I said to you, if
1: you'll come see me
0: today after church, I have got $10,000 that I would like to give to you. You know what the problem is with that promise? I can't back it up. Could you? If so, come see me. We'll talk. I'll buy you lunch. But you're going to be mightily disappointed if you need that from me because I can't back it up. It's not a valid promise, is it? But see, all of the promises of God, they are valid, they are great, they are precious, they are tremendous promises, they are eternal promises. And He he has the character, He has the ability to back it up because they are all yes and amen in Jesus Christ. That means you can trust Him with your whole heart. That means you can pray in such confidence. That means you can walk through life's experiences with him. Knowing that he has every single thing you need. 1 Peter 1.3 For his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. What precious promises. So now... When we utter our amen, we're not just attaching a word to an end of a prayer. We're not just using a church word that we don't know what the meaning of it is. No, we now understand, we now have the knowledge that what we are doing is receiving God's truth. We are affirming God's truth in our life. And when it comes to the promises of God, we're saying they are so certain, they are so yes, that amen, may it be accomplished, may it be fulfilled in my life. Amen? (laughs) The promises of God. Do you live on the promises of God? Are they active in your life? Do you know them?
1: Do you pray them? Do you cherish them? Or are you living your life in your own strength?
0: Are you self-sustaining? Are you going through life trying to figure everything out on your own? Trying to make all the angles work? Trying to get the strength you need and just trying, and you're just doing life alone. Friends, you don't have to do life alone today. God has promises for you that He wants active and working in your life.
1: And you say, Chad, how do I know that God will keep His word? Because Jesus is the
0: fulfillment, He's the accomplishment. He is our amen. Glory to God. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed today, I don't know what you need this morning. I don't know where your life is. I don't know where your heart is. I don't know where your faith is. But maybe today you need to affirm the truth of God's word in your own heart and life. Maybe today you need to receive truth for your own life and maybe today to the glory of God you need to utter your amen to God maybe today you need to say God you promised me these promises whatever they are for you and maybe today you need to say God I recognize that they are certain they are certain they are yes and today I follow it up with an amen, may it be accomplished, may it be so, let it be, what a beautiful word, what a beautiful faith, see the reason I love the word amen, is because what it does, is it leads me into worship, it leads me to worship Jesus, who is the amen, his character is amen, So I hope you never say the word amen the same again. I hope when you think of this precious word, I hope that you think truth. I hope you think accomplishment. I hope you think Jesus. So Lord, I want to thank you for the promise of your word today. I want to thank you for the truth that is ours. Next week, God, we're going to study the The beautiful word, hallelujah, and we're going to understand it. But for today, God, we utter our amen to the glory of God. Why? Because all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus Christ. Thank you for your very great promises to us.
1: We receive them with joy in Jesus' name.